Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. The crucifixion of Jesus secured salvation for all of those who believe in and receive Him as Lord and Savior. His resurrection from the dead signified God the Father's approval and acceptance of his sacrifice for sin. And that resurrection reminds us that the only means of salvation is through Jesus Christ. The resurrection rules out any other means of securing personal salvation or any addition to his sacrifice for sin. We must understand that. Paul the Apostle wrote to the Ephesian church, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Jesus Christ did it all. There is nothing more that can be done to secure the salvation of a lost soul than the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. No church can add anything to that. No religious group can add anything to that. No theology can add anything to that. It is through Christ and through Christ alone that salvation has come to us. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The apostle wrote in Hebrews chapter 6, Excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 and verse 27. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's sins. For this he did once and for all when he offered up himself. In chapter 9, verses 12 through 13 of that same book of Hebrews, the apostle wrote, Not with the blood of goats and calves, But with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Not temporary redemption, not conditional redemption, not redemption until the next time I sin redemption, but eternal redemption, once and for all redemption. Scripture says that Jesus is the only author and finisher of our faith. The only author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, verse 2. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, know that He died on the cross for you in order that He might save you. Believe on Him. Receive Him. Trust in Him. And know the forgiveness of sin. Know the joy of salvation. Know the peace that passes all understanding. Know the assurance of eternal life. And if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and received Him as Lord and Savior, then live for Him. Live for Him who died and rose again for you. We'll turn one last time to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. <clears throat> we'll close out this section of Paul the Apostle's joy in Christ Jesus. So stand with me, if you will, please. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God. We pray his blessing upon the reading of his word. You may be seated. Paul said that God has, because of the perfect sacrifice, the perfect obedience, the perfect sinless life of Jesus Christ, God has highly exalted him. How so? Four ways that he has been exalted. First of all, <clears throat> he was risen from the dead. He was resurrected from the grave. Scripture tells us that Jesus had the power to raise himself. He told that to Pilate. Scripture tells us that God the Father has raised him. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit had the power to raise him. All three were involved in the plan of salvation before time began. All three were involved in the carrying out of the plan of salvation when Jesus went to the cross. All three were involved in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 22, the Apostle Paul wrote, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits, mark that, the firstfruits, of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. 
For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. The word first fruit alludes to the fact that Jesus Christ was the first individual to die and to be resurrected, never to die again. He became the first of all of those who have fallen asleep, all of those who follow Jesus Christ, who name the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who die in Christ Jesus. He is the first to be raised from the dead, never to die again. And we who know him as Lord and Savior will follow in that same resurrection, never to die again. Second, he has been exalted in his ascension into heaven. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 11. Jesus said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, that is the disciples, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven." Note this, in his ascension into glory guarantees his return at the end of days. Third, he is highly exalted in his coronation at the right hand of the Father in heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 through 15, the Apostle Paul encouraged young Timothy... I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, ruler, king, sovereign Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His first work at the right hand of the Father in heaven is to complete the Father's plan for creation through the end of the age. He has been given all authority and all power to perform God's plan until that time when the last enemy of God is destroyed and he turns then the kingdom over to the Father. Fourth, he has been exalted, highly exalted, in his inauguration as our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, the apostle wrote, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. His second work at the right hand of the Father in heaven is to intercede for us before the throne of God. You lift up your prayers to the Father. Jesus Christ receives those prayers and brings them to the Father, interceding for you and for me. So our Lord's Prayer, the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, verses 4 and 5, has been fulfilled. For he prayed in that prayer, I have glorified you on earth, having finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. That request, that prayer has been answered. It has been fulfilled. Jesus has been glorified with the glory that he shared with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, before his incarnation. He's been given all power and authority in heaven and on earth, according to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Having defeated Satan at the cross, Jesus will reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet, but when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all and in all. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 25 through 28. Not only has God the Father highly exalted Jesus Christ for his atoning sacrifice on the cross, he has also, in verse 9, given him a name which is above every name. Given him a name which is above every name. Speaking of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 1 and verse 4 writes, Having become so much better than the angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. What is that name? What is the name that God has given to his son, Jesus Christ, that is higher than the names of of the angels, higher than the name of any human being, an exalted name. You find that in verse 11. The Apostle Paul declares it. Lord. Lord. It's the name of majesty and honor and sovereignty and authority. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, the apostle Peter said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. He is the one true Lord in life. He rules and reigns in the heart and mind and soul and spirit of every true Christian. In Hebrews, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So understand, it is only by the Holy Spirit that we recognize Jesus Christ as Lord, and not just a prophet, not just a teacher, not just a religious leader, but Lord. Lord. And it's not because you declare Him Lord, and it's not because the world declares Him Lord, it is because God the Father has given Him that name. He is Lord of heaven and earth. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be Say, doesn't matter what the church teaches, doesn't matter what Uncle John and Aunt Mary say, doesn't matter what the preacher grandpa has said, the scripture says, if you will confess with your lips the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Not might be, not ought to be, not could be, not should be, but you will be saved. Come on. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Not the sacraments, not the ordinances. Doesn't matter how many passages of Scripture you memorize and can quote. Doesn't matter how often you come to church, how much money you give in the tithe box. Doesn't matter how many times you're baptized. There's only one means of salvation. And that's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. He is the only author and finisher of Christian faith. He is the only way, the only truth, the only life, and the only means whereby we can come to the Father in glory. Now that's the sermon. But I want to tack on an appendix, if you will. There is coming a day, a great day, my friends, when Jesus Christ will return and establish His physical, earthly kingdom. It will be on earth. And he will rule and he will reign from David's throne in Jerusalem. I believe that day is drawing very near. 
When that day comes, the words that we read in Philippians 2, verse 10 and 11 will come to pass. Those words, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Now this same thing was wrote, written 700 years before Jesus was ever born. And it was spoken by the great prophet Isaiah, who said in chapter 45, verses 22 to 23, he wrote the words of God to Israel. And God said to Israel these words, Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee will bow and every tongue will confess or shall take the oath. Every knee will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Now think with me for just a minute. I, I read passages of Scripture like this and, and I like to just sit back and close my eyes and just vegetate on it, ruminate on it, think about it. Imagine it in my mind. All of the heavenly host, including all of the saints of all ages since the fall of Adam and Eve, and all the angels of glory, myriad upon myriad, millions upon millions of angels will bow before Jesus Christ and declare him Lord in humble adoration and praise. That will include me. That will include you if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Not only will all the host of heaven bow, but all the inhabitants of the earth will bow the saved and the unsaved, the Christian and the non-Christian. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 6, in verses 6 through 10, the Apostle Paul writes, It is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's the second coming. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. On that day, 
when he sets his feet upon the mount and the mount splits wide open. The day after the great tribulation, the seven-year tribulation on the earth, Christ will come to establish his kingdom on the earth. But before that kingdom is established, he will gather all who have survived the tribulation. He will gather them all before him for his righteous judgment. And he will gather those who are unrepentant, those who have resisted the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he will place them on his left hand. And those who have survived the tribulation, who have believed in Jesus, and who have continued to hold to Jesus and to faith in Jesus, he will gather at the right hand. The sheep on the right, the goats on the left. And those who have held to their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will gain entrance into that glorious kingdom. But those who have resisted Him, who have rejected Him, who have fought against Him, those who are the goats on the left-hand side will be cast into hell. Not only will all the host of heaven bow before the Lord, not only will they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, not only those who inhabit the earth will bow at the end of the tribulation, bow before Him and confess Him as Lord, but Paul says all of those under the earth all those in hell will bow before Jesus Christ. And all those in hell will finally acknowledge that He is Lord. Amen. All of the demonic host of hell, all of those who have fought against God, who have denied His love and grace and mercy, all who have defied and disobeyed Him, who have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, who have rejected Jesus as Lord and Savior, all who in hell await the final day of judgment and the resulting eternal punishment in the lake of fire will bow down before Jesus. And what? Every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. After the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ is concluded, all of those in hell will assemble before the great white throne of God for their final judgment. Listen as the Apostle John writes it in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. 
And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades, that is hell, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, and each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I used to think that that will be a great day of rejoicing. I used to think that that will be a great day of rejoicing when the thunderous praise and the shouts of hallelujah from all of the saints and all of the heavenly angels would ring throughout the universe. Satan, finally judged and condemned and thrown into the lake of fire. All of the demonic host of hell, finally judged and condemned and thrown into the lake of fire. All of the men and women who, throughout all human history, have carried out Satan's plan to kill the saints, to annihilate the Jews, to persecute Christians, to ruin families, to destroy entire cultures of people, who peddle poisons that ravage lives, warmongers, power brokers, evil and wicked rulers of nations and states and communities, despots, murderers of the unborn and the innocent, haters of the holy union between a man and a woman in marriage, godless architects of vain philosophies who condemn the truth and exalt lies, idolaters, sexually immoral, perverted, homosexual, adulterers, evil worshipers of Satan, greedy, depraved, envious, and jealous, murderers, contentious, and quarrelsome who delight in stirring the pot, deceitful manipulators of the truth, hostile in spirit, gossips and whisperers and backbiters, slanderers and destroyers of good character, godless and haters of God, spiteful and insulting people, arrogant, stuck-up and snooty individuals, braggarts, inventors and promoters of all manner of evil things, lawless and disobedient to authority, fools and those who play the fool who are not true to their word, who lack compassion, the unmerciful, the graceless, the merciless. All of these men and women will stand before the great judge of the universe and the books will be opened and they will be judged for their high crimes against the Holy One and they will be cast into the lake of fire. I used to think that that will be a great day of rejoicing with thunderous praise and shouts of hallelujah will ring throughout the universe for they finally have received their just reward 
for hating God and hating the things of God. But I don't think that anymore. I don't think that anymore. For a moment, the reality of final judgment and the full wrath of God upon the lost, I think, will leave us speechless. I think heaven's courts will fall silent. I think the horror of the final judgment and those who will experience it will have a profound effect upon the saints and the angels of God. And then when that judgment is concluded, all thought of the sufferings of this life and of the eternal life of the damned, praise God, will be blocked from our memory. Scripture tells us God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow. Thank God for that. No more sorrow. No more crying. There will be no more pain for the former things have passed away forever. Amen. 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 Stand with me. David, come and lead us in a song.
Father, as we leave the house, remind us that that day is coming when you will visit this earth once again to establish your kingdom. It will be a day of rejoicing for the saints, but it will be a day of judgment for the sinner, the unrepentant sinner. We long for that day, we look for that day. We anticipate that day is coming very soon. But remind us also that there are people that we know, maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe business associates, maybe schoolmates, maybe those who are neighbors in the neighborhood, maybe those, Lord God, that we associate with when we go out on recreation, who do not know Jesus, and should that day come, they will stand before him. That will not be a day of rejoicing. It will not be a day of rejoicing when all of those who inhabit hell will stand before you for the final judgment. All of those lost souls, all of those people, millions upon millions upon millions of individuals who refused to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who refused to receive your love, grace, and mercy, who've rejected the gospel that we preach and teach and share. It's a sobering thought that they will be cast into the lake of fire forever. Remind us, Lord, of the great salvation that you have gifted us. And then motivate us, Lord, to share that wonderful gift with someone else who needs to know Jesus. Amen. I pray it in his name and all of God's people said. Amen. God bless you and have a good day in the Lord. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.